our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, welcome to Girls That Invest. Today's Monday, which means we're bringing you Money Confessions, a weekly series where you tell us your deepest, darkest money secrets or hot takes. You're joined today by Sim. I am so excited to be here. And this week's Money Confessionist is an interesting one because I don't think a lot of us can relate to this unless we come from wealth. And it's really interesting to hear this story from the other side, the other perspective, shall we? So let's just get into it. Now, before we get into the episode, we want to thank our season sponsor, Rentap. Paying rent is a hassle, but what if we told you there's an easier and more straightforward way? Meet Rentap, your ultimate rent paying sidekick. No more ATM trips, no more checks, and no more app juggling. Rentap deposits your rent directly into your landlord's account hassle free. Plus, it's free to you, and your landlord doesn't need an account either. But here's the kick Rentap doesn't just stop at rent. They're all about helping you build a brighter financial future. There's even an option to report rent payments to boost your credit score, making home ownership more achievable. For our GTI listeners, we've got an exclusive deal. Use our referral link rent.app/gti for $50 cash back on your first rent payment. Ready to simplify? Check out the referral link in the description or head over to rent.app slash GTI and make rent a breeze. My co-worker is passive aggressive towards me because of my upbringing. I recently finished my degree and started my grad job this year. Since the start of the year, I have been pretty close with one colleague in particular. Let's just call him Fred. Fred opened up to me pretty much on the first day of work and we have been pretty tight ever since. Fred can be an insecure person in a lot of ways and many times I have been a shoulder for him to cry on. We often feel like we are walking on eggshells around him so that we don't accidentally say something that will hurt his feelings or offend him. I happen to come from a wealthier family, which anyone who got to know me might have guessed as I have been fortunate enough to go traveling overseas quite a bit. I have also confided some personal things to Fred such as I don't have to pay for rent as I live in a house that my parents own so that I can save up to do more traveling or move overseas as so my boyfriend can help get his incredibly high student loan down. 
which I am incredibly grateful to my parents for and of course realize that this comes from a place of privilege. I don't mind sharing this information to anyone who asks, however I wouldn't go shouting this from the rooftop as money is a touchy subject. About a month ago a group of us were chatting with work when money came up in topic. I made some offhand comment about how I just wanted enough money to not live paycheck by paycheck and Fred started making comments about how I couldn't talk because my family's financial situation was different. I privately messaged him afterwards saying that I didn't appreciate him making that comment, especially in front of other people. Instead of simply apologizing, Fred started going off at me about how I am out of tune. He then proceeded to start going off at me about anything I had said money related. He told me that I am not allowed to find my power bill or groceries expensive because I don't have to pay rent. FYI, I am from New Zealand, so very much feeling the cost of living crisis every time I go to the supermarket. A few months ago, I had budgeted to go out traveling for two months and some flights were significantly more expensive than I had budgeted. When I mentioned this, he called me out of touch and said, you wouldn't have sympathy for me, despite it being a passing comment in a harmless conversation. I feel like all these comments are unfair to him and come from a place of insecurity. When I talked to other people in the office about it, none of them said I gloat about money and they all thought Fred was being unreasonable and should have just apologized when I asked him to. Eventually, Fred gave me a shitty apology, I'm sorry you feel that way kind of apology, oh my god I hate those, and I kind of let it slide as I was just about to go overseas for a few weeks and thought he'd, he'd, you know, move on with it. However, while I have been traveling for the past few weeks, my co-workers have told me that Fred continues to make smarky comments about me anytime someone mentions my traveling or looks at my Instagram account. I sent a message to a group chat saying I was drunk on a Monday and he got annoyed and told the others at work that I needed to read the room as they were all stuck in a meeting. I haven't bothered to send any messages since. I'm writing in because I am wondering what's the best way to handle this when I get back to work. I believe this is going to be an ongoing problem as I see Fred every day at work and I simply can't cut him out. I am simply too old and too busy to have to deal with Fred's insecurities. I've thought about making a complaint to my manager about him, but I'm not sure if it's entirely justified. Plus, I don't want to be the person who kills the office vibe. Obviously, trying to talk to Fred about it in the past hasn't worked, so I'm pretty stuck about what to do. Please help. Oh, okay. This is a really tricky one because first of all, Let's just do some self-reflection. The fact of the matter is you are in a workplace and you have struggles like everyone else because we all do. Like it doesn't matter if you have a million dollars or $10, everyone has their own version of struggle. And what I've noticed with people is our struggles are a little bit like if you put a struggle in a room, the struggle would fill up the room. And that's what our lives are like. Like if you have a lot of financial stress, that financial stress is going to be the struggle that fills up your room. It's going to be on your mind all the time. It's going to stress you out. Someone else's struggle might be more to do with relationships and that will fill up their room. Someone might even have smaller financial struggles or smaller relationship struggles. You might have the struggle of, you know, yes, my 
rent is being paid for. And that is a huge privilege, I have to say. And yet I still feel the struggle of, you know, the cost of living crisis. I used to only pay $100 a week for groceries. Now it's $180. That's $80 less to spend than what I wanted to. That is still a struggle. And that is still going to fill up your room as the struggle that bothers you. Just bear with me. So everyone has their struggles, right? And everyone is allowed, in my opinion, to be upset about them. Where this then differentiates or where this starts to get tricky is you've clearly got a person in your workplace. Sometimes it's a friend, sometimes it's a family, sometimes it is just a colleague. And when you speak about your struggle that you have every right to speak on, they're going to be really upset because your struggle is so different to their struggle. When you say, for example, things like, I'm really upset about the cost of living crisis or like groceries have gotten really expensive. What they hear is, oh my goodness, this person already has so much privilege and so much wealth and they're still complaining. Like they don't know what it's like to complain. It reminds me of when, and you know, no offense to our parents that listen in because we know it is truly a struggle, but you know, when you say to a new parent who's obviously in the middle of something right now and you go, oh my God, like I've been really tired this week. And they look at you rightfully so. And they're like, you don't even know the definition of tired. Like, do you have a baby that is up every two hours? Are you breastfeeding? No, like you can't claim tired. I am tired. And you know what? We let it go because they genuinely are tired, but it doesn't mean that we can't be tired too. We are the most tired we have felt. And that is something that we are allowed to complain about, but it is not as bad. And we have to read the room with that other person. When it comes to money, it is the exact same. It is so important to have a moment and self-reflect and understand that well, maybe when I talk about my problems, there are going to be people in life. I think this is a life lesson that we're all going to be learning from, but there's going to be people in our life where if we talk about our money problems, they do have more intense money problems. We have no idea what's going behind closed doors of people's lives. We don't know if they are in $10,000 worth of debt, $100,000 worth of debt. We don't know that you know, I have friends in my life who have families that have gone bankrupt and these friends have not been able to talk about it with other people because of the shame and the embarrassment. I have friends whose families grew up on, you know, really, really, really small incomes. And I remember they wouldn't invite me to their house. And I used to think that they just didn't want me over. I mean, we were kids. Overall, I learned that actually they just were ashamed that they didn't have a lot of furniture and it breaks my heart. I remember all these instances where it started to click to me that what you see, like someone can turn up to work and be completely dressed to the nines or just not give away that they're doing any better or worse than someone else, but they've just inherited their father's $100,000 debt. I know people who's, who've inherited millions of dollars of debt. Like that is not a nice place to be. So let's just give this Fred some, let's just assume that maybe there's more going on with him and that when you bring up 
the problem that fills your room, the problem that gets you going, you are allowed to make your offhand comments and say that, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck. You are allowed to say, I'm drunk on a Monday. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. But you've also got to remember that that can actually really trigger someone else for reasons that they haven't told you and maybe they're not comfortable talking about it. We don't have to know what Fred's going through, but we can really just start to put together the idea that they are not the person that we're going to make comments about our money with. And I find that over time, that really helps. It's a bit of a skill or muscle But over time, when you talk about money and you look around the group, you'll notice some people will look at you and nod their head and be like, I can't relate to what you're going through, but I get you. Like, I still wish that I had your, you know, overall financial capabilities. But if this is something that makes you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck, like, who am I to tell you no? And they'll relate to you in their own way. And then there'll be other friends or colleagues that will say, you know what, Sim? that's out of touch. I don't really get it. And look, I am speaking from experience. There was a Fred in my university, in my university days that would do the exact same thing. One of our friends went on holiday to Europe and she saved up all of her money and we were so proud of her. And we were like, wow, she was the first friend that did the big Europe trip. And our Fred, his name's obviously not Fred, but our Fred was like, well, of course she could save up. You know, her parents are so wealthy. Yes, her parents were wealthy. She also paid rent. She had responsibilities. She just genuinely was the best person with money in our little group of friends. But he was so quick to discredit her. And that was less to do with what she was doing. That was less to do with her financial situation. And it was more because our Fred had a lot of financial concerns and was going through a tougher time and had lots of student loan debt. And there was so many things that just made them feel a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more bitter towards other people that had more. If I could give you my I don't know if I'm older or younger, but I'm just going to say my older sister advice, my auntie advice, I would say that you've learned that this person doesn't like it when you talk about money or your financial situation, even if you're joking. 
in front of them. And so we're just going to stop making those kind of jokes when Fred's around. We're just going to talk about other things. We're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about work. We're going to get some more work done, actually. When Fred walks in the door, those are the days we're actually going to be the most productive because we're not even talking to him. We're just getting our stuff done. And the friends and colleagues that haven't had an issue with it, don't seem to be bothered by it. These are the people that we can vent to. These are the people that we can talk to. Even in my personal life, I've learned very quickly that as my wealth has grown, most of my friends, I can talk to about my money. There are going to be some friends that are going through their own stuff. And if I complain about, I don't know, paying six figures in taxes, they're going to be like sim. That means you made seven figures in revenue. Like, don't don't be complaining to me. Like, that is so out of touch. And you know what? To that person, that is out of touch. And so instead, I talk to my other friends that are also business owners. And that can maybe relate to my little problems that fill up my room more. It's okay to have problems. It's okay to be aware of your privilege. It's okay to talk about the things that bother you, but there are going to always be, and there'll always be a Fred in a friend group, in a colleague situation, maybe even in your extended family as time goes on. The best way to handle this when you get back to work is to maybe have a sit down with him. Maybe, and this is out of pocket for me to say, maybe even apologize to him and say, hey, I'm really sorry for the comments that I've made that have been possibly upsetting or triggering or talking about money in a way that has come across flippant as if I don't understand. Like we don't have the same financial background. I truly apologize for talking about money in a way that made it seem like I was out of touch or I was rubbing it in your face. And just going forward, I think it's best if we don't talk about it because it appears to be a touchy subject. Actually, no, we're not going to say it appears to be a touchy subject. That's going to make him seem like we think he's poor. I take that back. We're going to say like going forward, I'll try not to talk about, you know, my problems or financial situation because I think it just, it just like rubs us both the wrong way. And I would really appreciate it if you don't make comments to my colleagues about my financial situation, because I'm no longer talking to you about it. And therefore, if I'm not bringing up my money situation, or if I'm not talking about money, for you to talk about money in relation to me going forward actually becomes inappropriate. Because if I am not bringing up what I spend, what I do, where I'm going to you, and for you to then go on and talk about money, that's something that's actually worth talking to your manager about. That's something that's actually justifiable to say, you know what, that's not okay and that needs to stop. But if you went to your manager and said, hey, when I talk about money, Fred says I'm out of touch, it's really tricky and I see what you mean and I know why you feel confused about whether you should take it forward or not. I completely agree with you. His apology, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I cannot stand it when people say, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's like, no, 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 you're sorry for what you did. And I think if we want to not burn bridges, because I am also from New Zealand and it is a tiny little country, if we don't want to burn bridges, let's just apologize to him for making him feel like we're out of touch, even though we know deep in our hearts we're not. We just know that maybe we've upset him. We'll get it out, clean slate, let's start again. And I won't talk about money in front of you. 
And I just hope that you, as a result, do not talk about my financial situation to other people. Now, I hope that's been helpful, a little bit longer than expected this episode. I hope you have enjoyed it and have been able to take something away from it. At the end of the day, it is so, so important to acknowledge that no one should be passive aggressive to you because of your upbringing. No one should be passive aggressive to someone that is clearly aware of their financial privilege. But we've just got to choose who we open up to about these things because not everyone is going to be as happy for us or are going to see our problems or see them in the same way so with that if you have a money confession or hot take that you want to send dm us or send an email at hello at girlsthatinvest.com and you may just be featured in next week's episode until next time and as always to finish off with the disclaimer Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please do your due diligence.